Hey, and thanks for taking the time to listen with us here at Gospel Way as we seek to find rest in Christ. Please know that this is supplemental and does not replace your local church or the pastor that God has given to shepherd your soul. But it is our prayer that God will use these resources to bless you and point you to Jesus. All right, let me call our attention one more time to the book of John, chapter number 17. The book of John, chapter number 17. We began last week with this second section of the Lord's Prayer. And we'll once again read verse number 6 down through verse number 19. We're going to be keying in on verse number 9 this morning and looking at some things from that verse. John 17 and verse number 6, the Bible said, I have manifest thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and, that, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. I pray for them, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou gavest me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father, keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world, but thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity to gather together corporately. We thank you that we can gather around your word, Lord, that we can 
ask as has already been asked this morning, that Your Word might penetrate our hearts. Lord, that Your Word might do in our hearts what You would send it forth to do. Lord, I pray that You would illuminate Your Word. I pray that You would shine that light of Your truth in our hearts, that we might be obedient to You and we might do those things that You send us forth to do. Lord, I pray that your word might work in our hearts those things that you would be pleased with. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. I want to deal with the subject this morning on why did Jesus pray for them, not of the world? Why did he pray for them that are, as he said, not of the world? Look in verse number 9. He says here, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. Then he continues in verse number 10, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. I don't know about you this morning, but when I read that verse of scripture, probably the sixth the sixth most, I don't, I don't know the word I'm looking for. The, the six words that are the hardest words to hear from Scripture are what Jesus Christ said here in verse number nine when he said, I pray for them, those next six words are probably some of the saddest words to be spoken in Scripture. Because Christ made this statement. He said, I pray not for the world. I pray not for the world. Probably the saddest statement in Scripture is that Jesus Christ, in the middle of His praying, stated those who He was not praying for. My prayer would be this morning is that you are among those that Christ did pray for. And the sad thing is there are those in the world that Christ did not pray for. Why did he not pray for them? Because the prayer would have been null. It would have been void. For Christ to have prayed for those that were of the world, those that were not going to be saved, those that were not going to ever receive Him as their personal Savior, for Him to have prayed for them, to have His prayer not answered would have been, uh, that, that couldn't have been. That, 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 that couldn't have been. And as we look at this and understand this morning, as Jesus Christ prayed, we ask the question, why did Jesus Christ pray for them? that were not of the world. There are two points that I want to give you and a few sub-points under uh, point number two. But first of all, I want us to consider the reason why that Christ did pray for those that were His. He prayed for them because they had been entrusted to Him. They had been given to Him. Look at what he says here in verse number 9. He said, I pray for them. In fact, go back in verse number 8 and we find out those that he's talking about that he prayed for. 
He said in verse number 8, For I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I come from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. These are the people that Jesus Christ is praying for. For he says in verse number 9, I pray for them. He's praying for those that he aforementioned and those that he's going to mention afterwards as we get into verse number 10. But he's saying here that he's praying for them and then he puts in the middle of that those six words that I just mentioned. He said, I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine. And all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. The Lord Jesus Christ is praying for those who are His. Those who God has chosen to give to the Son in order that the Son, through His death on the cross of Calvary, might reconcile and give back to the Father. Jesus Christ came for the purpose of reconciliation. He came for the reason of reconciling God and man. And he came for the purpose of reconciling those who God had chosen to uh, give the grace of God, to reveal the grace of God. And the grace of God would, would be imparted to them and change their lives forever. We've gone through this, even looked at it as he had made statements. Look back in, in verse number three that what we looked at in the first portion of his, uh, of his prayer, he said, and this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on earth. I have finished the work. He said there even... In verse number 2, he said, And thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Jesus Christ was praying for those because they are those, and we who are saved are those that have been entrusted to Jesus Christ. God entrusted us to Christ. That is the reason that he said there in verse number 10, he said, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in them. We have been entrusted to Christ. We have been taken out of Adam, and we've been placed in Christ. We've been entrusted to Christ, and therefore he prayed for us, knowing that we were going to be entrusted to him knowing that God had given us to him before the foundations of the world. Before everything ever started, God knew who would be his and who would not be his. He knew that. If he would not have known that, he would not have been God. Because God knows all things. God is in all places. God is all-powerful. God is who He is. 
And, and as I had talked to someone even this past week, I explained to them, that is not what God does. That is who God is. Yes. And for that not to be, God would not be. Because that is the very essence of God. And we cannot, we cannot set that aside. We cannot, we cannot overlook that because that is who God is. God is all-knowing. And because you and I have been entrusted to Him, He prayed on our behalf. Number two this morning, and we have several subpoints under this one, but understand this morning that He is praying for us because He is our intercessor. Because He is the intercessor of those whom He is praying for. Christ is not praying void. Christ is not praying vain. Christ is not praying for no reason at all. It's not just words that are, uh, that are just coming out. Christ is not just wasting time. Christ is praying for those and He's interceding for those whom He is the intercessor for. Amen. To help us understand this, I want us to turn to the book of Hebrews in chapter number 7. The book of Hebrews chapter number 7 and verse number 25 is the verse that we're going to key in on. But I want us to consider and read down through verse number 23, down through verse number 28 of Hebrews chapter number 7. This explains and helps us to understand what it means for Christ to be our intercessor. He is our interceder, if you will. Verse number 23, And they truly were many priests, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchangeable priesthood, talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. He is continuing forever. So his priesthood is unchanging. Amen. If you go back to the Old Testament, you would understand that the priesthood of Aaron that was passed down was continually given to someone else. Why was it given to someone else? It was given to someone else because they continually died. But Jesus Christ, in verse number 24, it says here, But this man, because he continueth ever, hath an unchanging priesthood. Yes. Amen. Look at what he says here in verse number 24, 25. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. That is our high priest that we're talking about. That is our high priest that we're reading about. He ever maketh intercession for us. For such an high priest became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. That's our intercessor. That's the one who is praying on our behalf. 
who needeth not daily as the as those high priests to offer up sacrifice first for his own sins and then for the people's for he did once when he offered up himself for the law maketh men high priest which hath infirmity but the word of the oath which was since the law maketh the son who is commensurated forever. So we understand that Jesus Christ is our high priest and he is our intercessor as our high priest. There's three things that I want us to know from verse number 25 that helps us to understand who Jesus Christ is as our intercessor. Remember what he said in in chapter number 17 and verse number uh, 9. That uh, in fact, uh, we'll look back there just a moment, but uh, in verse number 9, you don't have to turn back there, but he said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou gavest me, for they are thine. He's interceding for us. He's not only interceding in John chapter number 17, but he is interceding for us continually. And he does that continually because he is continual. He continues and he continues to be our intercessor. He is our intercessor in Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 25 because the power of salvation is Christ's ability. It's not ours. The ability of salvation rests in the Lord Jesus Christ and it rests in Him alone. Look at what he says in verse number 25 of Hebrews chapter number 7. For wherefore He is able. He is able. Not we are able. In fact, to be honest with you, We don't even need to read into this that we are able through Him. It is that He is able. It is because we are in Him that we have eternal life. But the ability for us to be in Christ was in Christ alone. The ability for us to be in Christ was not in us. It is not in us. It could not be in us. It was only in Christ. And it was only in His ability. He is our intercessor because the power of salvation rests in Christ's ability alone. It does not rest in us. It does not rest in what we can do. In fact, to be honest with you, it does not even rest in your receiving. Because you would not have been received had, or you would not be receiving had He not shined the light of His glorious gospel in your heart. It was only through and by the grace of God It is only by and through the ability of our Savior that you and I have an intercessor. It is only through Him. It's not through us. 
It is all through Him. The ability of our salvation rests in Christ and it rests in Christ alone. It said, wherefore He is able also to save them. Christ is able to save us. Christ is able to make the difference in us. It is not that we... It is not that we prayed a prayer and after we prayed a prayer, we decided to do better. It is because God incarnate in the flesh, bled, died, and rose again and became our intercessor and became our Savior. It is because of that that you and I have that intercessor there. That is praying for us. It is only the ability of salvation only rests in Christ. It is only He who is able. We continue on to look at the way of salvation is through Christ alone. There's not another avenue of salvation. Look at what He says here in verse number 25. Wherefore He is able also to save them to the uttermost. He is able to save who? He is able to save them that come unto God by Him. Those that come to God by Him. He saves those that come to God by Him. But there is no way of coming to God but by Him. There's no way to God. There is no reconciliation. You cannot do better. You cannot make yourself better. I was talking with someone this past week and we were on that subject matter and talking about that, that matter of, of, uh, of being what we ought to be or what we should be or what God intended on us being. What does the Bible tell us in the book of Romans about everyone that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God? If there were anyone that could do it on their own, there would have had to been someone that was born that had been perfect all of their life, had done everything just right, had never made a mistake, had never sinned, had never done anything wrong, and they had went that way. There's never been a person alive who has not lied to their mom and daddy. There never has been a person alive who did not have a deceitful thought. There never has been a person that has ever been born and ever lived that that never had a a, a sinful thought in their mind or, or, or played out that sinful thought and went on with the action of that sinful thought. There's never been a person outside of God incarnate in the flesh. The Son of God. Jesus Christ. He is the only one that satisfied the righteousness of God. He is the only one that satisfied the righteousness of God and underwent the wrath of God to pay the penalty for our sin. He's the only one. There is no one else. It tells us here, for Uh, In verse number 25, he said, Wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him. He is the only avenue to reconcile. Amen. 
What's the relationship that Adam had with God? God came down in the cool of the evening and, and, and had fellowship with him. There was, a, there was a union between God and Adam that was there in the beginning, but Adam sinned. And as soon as Adam sinned, what happened? He realized who he was. He realized, he realized the sinfulness of this flesh. And when he realized the sinfulness of this flesh, he began to try to cover it up. He began to try to put something over it to hide the sinfulness of the flesh. And he did it to no avail. But Jesus Christ, God incarnate in the flesh, came, lived a perfect, sinless life and satisfied the righteousness of God. And not only satisfied the righteousness of God, but paid the cost of the wrath of God so that you and I could have salvation. It is in Christ and in Christ alone. That is the reason He is praying for us. That's the reason He has the right to be our intercessor. That is the reason that it is His very essence that He intercedes for those that are His. Not only do we have Christ as the power of salvation in Christ's ability, not only do we see the way of salvation in Christ alone, but we also see the security of salvation in Christ. The security of salvation in Christ. In verse number 25, the latter part of that, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. He ever liveth to make intercession for us. Jesus Christ had no beginning and has no ending. Just like His Father. There was no beginning and there was no ending. There was a space of time when He took on that likeness of sinful man. There was a space of time in His being incarnate, but before his incarnation, he always was yes. and he always will be. Amen. So you understand and I understand that the security of the believer, the security of those in which he is interceding for, that security is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And it is in the fact that he ever liveth to make intercession for him or for them. Jesus Christ is making intercession for us. When we know what not what to pray, he knows exactly what to pray. The Holy Spirit of God, that other comforter, if you will, that same comforter, the Holy Spirit of God, Praise for us and praise on our behalf. Jesus Christ, our intercessor, yes. is praying for us. Yes. He is praying that we have that relationship with Him that we ought to have. Yes. Understanding that we're not of the world. Yes. Understanding, He said He was praying for them that were His. And those that were His. And this is what we've got to understand and what I want us to take home from this. As we understand that Jesus Christ is our intercessor, 
as we understand that, uh, that He is praying for us, He said He is not praying for the world. So in His very statement that He is praying for us and He's not praying for the world, in that very statement lies the truth that if you're born again, if you're saved, you are not of this world. You're not of this world. That is the reason. Because you're not of this world. Because you are of the Father. Because you are given to the Son and the Son gave us to the Father. The Son reconciled. The Son made it possible for us to have fellowship with the Father. The Son made it possible that we might pray also. And that He might intercede for us. The Son made that possible. So our relationship is with the Father. Our relationship is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And as our relationship is in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are not in the world. Or we're not of the world. We're different. That is the reason, even as he's prayed here, that the world hates us. Why does the world hate us? Because we have the peace of God, like we talked about last week. The world hates us because we know the peace of God. Because we can rest in the assurance that we have an intercessor that is praying for us. We have an intercessor that is praying on our behalf. He's praying for us. Does God love the world? Yes. John 3.16 tells us He, for God so loved the world that He sent His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved the world. God wanted, God sent His Son to die for the world, but it is only those who receive Him that that atonement is good for. And it is only those that God has, has seen and revealed His grace to and given His grace to that received the Lord Jesus Christ. It is only those that will hear what God has to say. Those that God reveals Himself to. Understand this, that Christ is praying for us. He's not praying for the world, but He is praying for us. He's praying for us and He's an intercessor for us because the power of salvation rests in Christ's ability. Because the way of salvation, the way to God is through Jesus Christ and through Him alone. And in that, you and I find great rest and security in that salvation. If I have a salvation that is secure in Christ, then I have no worries. If my salvation is in Christ and in Him alone, and it does not, it does not depend on what I do or what I do not do, I can rest in that. And that rest that we find in that produces in us those works that the Father worked in us. It produces that desire to live for God. That rest, that, that, that ability to 
understand that we are in Christ. And Christ ever liveth to make intercession for us. That therein is rest. Therein is a security. I will not be lost. Why? Because I am His. And if I'm His, and I'm not only His, but I'm the Father's. You and I are in Christ, and Christ is in God, and God is in us. You explain how you can get out of that. You can't. You, you didn't get in it, and you can't get out of it. I was talking to a gentleman, and I'm, I'm done with this, but I was talking to a gentleman and was discussing some of those matters and some of those things. And that gentleman, and I've already told you this several weeks ago, that gentleman looked up at me and he said, I got it. I understand. It's not mine to lose. I looked at him, I said, it wasn't yours to gain nor is it yours to lose. Salvation, what does the Bible tell us? Salvation is of the Lord. It is His to give, and because He gives it, it will never be taken away. That, my friend, should cause us to love God. Because He first loved us. That produces in us a love for Him. That is not... I I heard someone the other day that made the statement, well, if, if God did this, then the least we can do is this. If we understand the love of God as we see it in Scripture, that love will produce in us we won't have to, it won't be having, it won't be like having to take a cattle prod and move somebody along. Why? Because if you understand the love of God and you understand the love God had for you and you understand salvation as we see it in Scripture, that love produces in us a love for Him. We love Him because He first loved us. And that love that it produces in us causes us to want to serve Him. Will we always do what's right? No. But we'll always have a desire. The times that we find ourselves doing what we should not do, there's something in us that cries out for us to repent. For us to call out to God. Why? Because that is the love of God that abides in us. That wants that relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the truths of Scripture. We thank you that we can rest assured in the truths that we find in your word. Lord, thank you for that assurance that you give us. Thank you that you are our intercessor. That you are praying 
on our behalf. That You are interceding for us. Thank You for that. And thank You for that truth that we find in the Word of God. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.